Welcome back to Morning Trade Live. We've got stocks mixed this morning. The Russell's going the other way as the Nasdaq's down following some big tech earnings. This market has proved resilient over the last 10 days, though. Bulls have returned to buy dips. Let's bring in Michael Purvis, CEO at Tallback and Capital Advisors, to figure out if they can buy this one, too. What do you think, Mike? We've uh, shrugged off hot CPI, new high in the 10-year yield, Tesla earnings. Can we shrug off these, too? Look, I think uh, I think there is still very much a tactical bull case coming into you know year end. Um, the like, and, and I think you need sort of three ingredients to sort of set that up. One of which is uh, earnings can't at the index level. And again, when I'm talking about bullish, I'm not talking about getting along Google or uh, Walmart or Exxon. I'm talking about getting along the S and P 500 the index level, right? So if the earnings generally come in reasonably well, right? Um, obviously we had some misses last night from Microsoft to Google, but generally so far the season's been at the index level thus far pretty good. We're, you know, we're still surprising to the upside uh, there. And if you have that coupled very importantly with um, more stability in the bond market, which I think what we're seeing develop here, you know, you've had the move index, the VIX for the treasury curve at record levels, you know, um, through the last, much of the last several weeks there, but that's, that is showing signs of really coming in. And the 10 year yield is not, you know, flying up to four and a half and 5%. It's, 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 it seems to be, you know, there's some treasury bulls sort of reasserting themselves there. And I don't think we need necessarily need to see a massive loop move lower in yield. What we need to see is, is really something, some, some stability in the market, right? In the treasury market. So I think those two key factors are, 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 are coming together, not perfectly, but they are coming together. And then the third factor is just positioning and sentiment, which, I mean, I know this is a much discussed topic, but it is really, really important, which is that a lot of the people that um, were worried about risk, their risk asset exposure, you know, things like equities and high yield and so forth, they spent the last, much of the last, several months moving to the sidelines um, there. And I, I think it's it's very interesting. If you look at the VIX and the VIX curve, you know, the VIX has been very high, of course, right? I mean, but every volatility of any asset class has been extraordinarily elevated by historic standards here. So, you know, the VIX, you know, the VIX curve got inverted as we pushed into those new lows in September around the FOMC when they reasserted this sort of, you know, hey, you know, like read our lips, we're 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 hawking until we really, you know, beat this inflation demon. Um, there, so I, I think, but the VIX curve inverted. It's now. Um, it's really flattening, and some parts of the curve are now upwardly sloping. So you're seeing risk appetite come on. And I think, um, you know, given the lower liquidity in the markets, investors have to be just prepared for some very erratic up, further upside moves here. Um, and, uh, you know, a final comment I'd make here, Oliver, is that, is that the, you know, we have seasonal strength. You know, November and December are often the two um, months of the year with the strongest returns. In fact, a lot of the returns for the year are made up in those two months. Now, of course, there's the other side, which is that they can also be extremely volatile. Like, you know, if the market wants to break bad, it can break really bad during the last couple of months of the year there. So I think that's, that's you know, obviously a risk to consider here. But I think given that so many people have moved to the sidelines, given that the, the directionality of the VIX curve and where it's moving here, 
and the increased ability in interest rates, I think we're setting up for what could be, you know, a good tactical rally. Now, I don't, I don't think that means the bottom is in the market. I think, but that, I do think that means that there's a, there could be a, you know, easily another two to three hundred points higher in the S and P five hundred mm. between now and the end of the year. Mike on the bonds. Uh, where does the uh, potential for stability in rates come from? Uh, are we uh, playing with fire with another uh, pivot and or pause narrative? Uh, or is it actually more likely this time? Or do bonds not need some big change from the Fed to just calm down after some of the extremes we went through? Great, great question. Look, I think there's a couple of things. I mean, I think, yeah, it's it's dangerous to play chicken uh, with the market in terms of like, oh, like reading, you know, something slightly dovish from some beneficial as being, oh, okay, now the pivot's coming, right? That's a very dangerous game. And every time you do that, it, you know, it kind of only wants to make the Fed uh, retighten financial conditions, right? They don't want to see people, um, you know, bidding up, P, you know, valuations and bidding down credit spreads, uh, you know, when they're still trying to, uh, you, you know, they've got to, you know, slay this inflation monster here. But I think there's an important point. There's, there, there's two things here that are happening in the background. One of which is that, look, we got a really ugly uh, inflation report last month there, but, uh, you know, this idea about the Fed being, you know, steadfast hawkish has, has been sort of largely in for some time, really since Jackson Hole. I think it gets reinforced with those inflation prints. But the if we get, a, you know, if the next print is ugly too, I think it just has diminishing impact on the bond market. I think the bond market is already pricing. Yes, we get it. We're going to go to a higher terminal uh, rate and we're going to probably stay there a lot longer than we might have thought we might have done in the past. I think that's largely priced there. So incremental bad inflation news, I think, has much less impact than it did back in September or, in, or for example, the May report that was released in early June. That was really ugly, just like the September report, the report released in September reflecting August inflation. The July, the June report released in July, and again, I'm talking about the CPI reports. Mm -hmm. That was a pretty ugly report. That was actually, right. in many ways, the ugliest report. But the you know but but the bond market kind of like uh, it wasn't really freaked out by that too much. So I think I think there's a little bit of uh, just you know like the incremental ugly upside news and inflation is is less meaningful. It's mm. a big part of that. And I do think you're starting to see the Fed a little bit more of this narrative that like you know where they're minding treasury volatility, right? And so, yes, that we can keep hiking and maybe we'll just stay there for a while. And I think that's actually where the, the Fed is increasingly likely to go, because what it does is that, look, there's a lot of unpredictable things about inflation. It's a very hard to forecast thing into 23, into 24. But bond market volatility really doesn't do anyone any favors. So if they can, tamp down inflation, but just by camping out at a high terminal rate, rather than frantically hiking, um, which is what they've been doing this year, I think that's actually going to have the, you know, the sort of the, the, the two-pronged impact of one, reducing bond market volatility, but still tightening um, uh, uh, financial conditions and the, and the economy so that the, you know, some of the inflation really does come down here. So I think if, and I think the market's starting to read that, that that's where at least part of the Fed is really pushing. And I think that's going to be, that's ultimately uh, uh, 
uh, constructive for risk assets like equities. It doesn't necessarily, it's it's maybe not as good as like a massive pivot like we saw, sure. uh, like we've seen in the past. But I think I think dealing with the realities of what we're, of, of inflation today, um, that might be um, a pretty good sort of uh, consolation prize, if you will. Uh, so Mike, to uh, uh, have one follow up there and then maybe some idea on how to execute this. Firstly, if it's uh, hanging out at a higher terminal rate rather than uh, frantically hiking rates, I really like the way you frame that. Is this ultimately still a short-lived tactical bullish trade as opposed to the beginning of a long durable trend? And then can you give us an idea maybe what the best way to act on this potential tactical move is? Well, I, I would say, look, I, I think we still have such massive uncertainty um, in the world here that, yeah, I, so I'm looking at this trade, I was articulating as a good two months tactical trade into the end of the year. I don't think we're gonna get back to that point where dips get mechanically bought like they were before COVID or during 2000, uh, you know, later 2020 and 2021. I don't think we're gonna go back to that until a lot of other things come into uh, get a lot more clear. And right now we still have, um, you know, higher wage pressures and uh, in the U.S. and and we have inflation overseas, um, uh, uh, everywhere, right? Basically, leading central bankers by the nose. And until that condition stops, I don't think we can we can really, you know, see a, a, a we we need to see clarity as to where the risk free rate is likely to settle out. It's hard to price risk assets when the risk-free rate is moving up by 20 basis points or down by 20 basis points in, in a session here. So I think that's just a process that takes time. China re represents another uh, big wild card. Um, you know, now that she has just renewed his, uh, uh, you know, gotten his, 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 his next five years done. What is he going to do economically um, there? That's another big, a very interesting risk factor. Um, there, how much of Europe, you know, really falls into, um, you know, severe economic contraction is another facet of the story. There's just a lot of unknowns. It's a very complex, very weird cycle. And so I don't think that weirdness is going to go away in the next two or three months. I think it's going to linger, but I think what you can start seeing is that there's, you know, certainly will be more stability in asset pricing, um, as we get into 2023 than what we've seen this year. That that doesn't mean that it's going to be, um, you know, like a 2021 type rally either. Okay, I like it. Uh, hey, what, what do we do? Do we short VIX? Do we do we buy yeah. Nasdaq, Mike? Yeah, yeah. So on that, uh, look, uh, the, the the preferred, tr you know, so I'm bullish into year end, and I um, I, I I think you can uh, certainly uh, work with that. Express it in a bunch of ways. One way to express it that's a little bit less directional to market is just to be, and and uh, you know, as I was, you know, it's it's hard to get you know strong conviction on trades here given how uncertain everything is. But I really like the short VIX trade. So um, I put this out a week and a half ago, shorting the January VIX contract. It was around 31 and a half. The VIX was showing signs of getting tired of being in that sort of mid 30s area. You have the VIX curve. Um, that contract was particularly richly priced as January often is because people like to hedge into year end. And I think that is a nice way that even, let's say earnings, you know, don't come in, continue to come in poorly, right? Um, there, I think at some point, I think, I think 
you know, even if we get lower in the market, I think it's a lower, it's a, the volatility of how we get lower will be a lot less than what we've seen in September or June. And so I think that that is a, a, a nice way, it's a, it's, a, it's a better risk adjusted return to, to bet on a lower VIX right now than it is on the S&P going to 4,100 or 40, pick your number 4,100, 4,200 over the next two months there. So I like that trade a lot. Um, there so uh, you know and you can express that through you know um options on the vix uh, buying put options you have to do be careful careful with that but um i think that's that's certainly one way to do it um, or just be uh, right short the vix futures contract all right love the specifics thanks mike good to catch up like the uh, adaptability of the views very helpful for us to get some insight into how you're thinking appreciate it michael purvis ceo at tallback and capital advisors with the tactical bullish view and the look for rates to slow down.